Hey, welcome back to the Second Place Second Podcast, where we are crazy passionate about inspiring and empowering you to pursue putting Jesus home and others first in your life. We know that your life can change, you belong, and most of all, your story matters. If you are new with us, we release a new second podcast every week, and if this is helpful to you, we would like we would love it if you could share the podcast with your friends and invite them to be a part of Second Place Community and rate it or review it. That's very helpful to give us more visibility. If you'd like more information, you can go to secondplacechurch.com. That's how we'll open you up to everything happening at Second Place. My name is AP, and I'm with Joe and two very esteemed guests. Let's go ahead and get into some new content. So one of our guests is actually the other pastor of Second Place Church, uh, Dave Short, and the third guest that is, well, second guest that's with us here is one of our elders, Matt Boomsma. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this week. Yeah, guys. Welcome. It's all good. <laughs> Glad to be here. Or, or here or there. Yes. Together. Yes. J- j- uh, everybody Together. joining via Skype, which is uh, def- definitely one of the uh, enjoyable things here. We don't have to, like, drive all over the place now that it's, like, dark. And cold out. I got home at like probably 4.30 from work, got in my house, and then 30 minutes it was dark. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go to bed. Hopefully they do well with the podcast on their own. That'd be great. Yeah. God makes it dark early because it's it's his way of saying it's time to hibernate. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be great. It, at least it's not like in Anchorage, Alaska, where uh, in the middle of winter... I know this because I was hanging out with somebody two years ago around Thanksgiving uh, who lives up there. Um, every, you're, like, legally required to have a window office if you have a job up in Anchorage. Um, sun comes up at, I believe, 10 a.m. and set to 2.30. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah, yeah bit, you better— are set up weird there. Make hay while the sun's shining, right? Yeah, no kidding. That's definitely a good This call. is third, the third podcast in, in a row, AP. What's up? Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And I'm, like, while, I'm, I'm in my. And we um, already have like like guests on and stuff. People that are like not even like, you know, they basically Dave us. and Matt felt sorry for us. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Start with the unimportant. <laughs> no, we're starting with the most important. Okay. The yes. leadership of the church is on this podcast right now. And, and AP. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, so yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we jump into uh, what everyone's into? I'm uh, you know Joe and I always do this every week, but I'm curious, Matt, what are you into right now? The second podcast, buddy. Matt always always bringing it hard with the enthusiasm. Gotta no, gotta <laughs> love it. Uh fighting through work to get through into the the winter season is slowing down mm. uh and i mean personally i guess i've been into i i got uh injustice 2 that i've been playing on the xbox a little bit for some stress relief nice is, is that a S- superman game or batman game uh dc game oh it's like the whole oh DC it's universe. like a street fighter it's like a street street fighter type thing for dc nice i mean are you just like Stan Lee dies and you're like, I'm going to get the DC game going. That's pretty lame, dude. Like, no, I got it before he dies, so I might have killed soon. him. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. You're oh, the oh, problem. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody that. I might get in trouble. 
Oh, boy. That, that was rough. Uh, Dave, what are you into right now? Well, I am I'm getting ready to go to Malaysia. I'm going to go back and going to go to a wedding. My family, four, four of the kids and myself and Valerie. And so we're excited about that. Looking forward to meeting old friends and, yeah, seeing a, a couple people that Valerie and I discipled get married. And, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Nice. So we'll go to go to China first. We'll be in Shanghai, and then Malaysia. Then we'll go to Singapore, and then uh, back home. Man, that's awesome! Yeah, for for the listeners listeners that don't know, um, Dave and his wife were actually mission. You were considered missionaries, right? For uh, for a year in uh, in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. I guess you'd yeah, yeah. undercover. Ah, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's super exciting that you're going back then. Yeah. It's for, uh, yeah. for You're going to be gone for like two weeks or something, you said? Two weeks, yes. Nice. That's awesome. Joe, yeah. what well, are you into right now? I am into driving my car everywhere. Today was a day I drove. If, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I, yeah, so I drove to South Barrington Oof. from the second place area took me an hour and 30 minutes to get there. Then had a meeting up there, then drove back all the way back down to Bourbon a. And then, yep. And then back to second place. And that's where I'm at now. So our student group is happening. So super cool. But, um, yeah, I've just been in the car a lot today, probably like 250 miles total, which okay. is amazing. Uh, but, my my girlfriend lives up near there. She's uh she's in South Elgin, so that's right by South Barrington. My goodness, that's yeah, a lot of driving man. Yeah, so, yep, pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I mean overall good stuff. We just got through a big planning day yesterday at the church. We went through the entire 2019 calendar. Dave was part of that. He was he he was so excited to sit through <laughs> there and just go through month by month all oh, the different things we have planned. And hoping to innovate on some things and see what what we might be able to what new ground we might be able to plow next next year. So excited for that. Cool. But what are, what are you into? What am I into? JP. So of all the things in the world, my sister actually texted me uh, th- this past week about uh, oh Joe's in the Culver's apparently he stopped there for dinner. Um, <laughs> my my sister texted me. Uh, it's it's one of those uh, Dave. You, you'll definitely know know. Of the group, um, I am second. Um, oh yeah. The guy's name is Austin Carlisle. He was the lead singer of of Mice and Men and Attack Attack, which I got to see Attack Attack live one time at um, what's it called? Uh, Warp Tour with my buddy uh, Brent, who's actually one of my students in the youth group that I used to be a leader at. Um, I know Brent. I've met Brent. Oh yeah, you have. Yeah, he's come to the the dudes a couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, insane story he him and his mom have this like super rare disease i guess uh his, his, sadly his mom passed away because of it but now he's kind of dealing with it of where um something about like the connective tissues in his body it, it just makes it like super weak so like him the amount of energy that he was exerting while singing was literally opening up parts of his spine and releasing spinal fluid into his body which is like 
super, super, super painful. And so he had to like mm. step down from those bands. But because of that, mm. I started listening to those bands and just like, you know, reading about his story. And that, just, I don't know, that just really blew my mind that he's going on tour with this disease that, that was going to kill him. And he didn't even realize it. Mm. Truly, truly amazing. But now um, he has like, like he, he grew up uh, as a Christian. Um, really fell away, but I, I should say struggled with it. Um, once he learned about this disease, really turned his life over to God in a in a strong way. And he was saying how like, like he he just boldly shares his faith um, on social media and in real life. And he's like, I'm I'm losing friends and fans daily, and I don't care. You know, G- Jesus is number one, and that's all that matters. And in in today's world, it's, it was just really encouraging to see somebody who's who's really living life like that, e- even amongst all of the ridiculous hardships. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's let's dive in, huh? So we've yeah. got these guys on for a reason. Um, a few weeks ago, I did a talk on Ephesians one and Ephesians four, and in Ephesians one, it uh, discusses a topic that's been debated for many, many years in the church, and we always want to kind of tackle those those topics on the second podcast and at Second Place. Um, we've done series called Here Be Dragons, and a lot of times we don't touch these uh, topics sometimes, but that topic is predestination. Ephesians 1, 4 says this, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then verse 5 says, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. That is one of Paul's run-on sentences. Um, <laughs> He's really but, good. Uh, any, yeah, he is. And so so I gave that talk and then I just kind of barely, barely even mentioned predestination as a, as the meaty part of the, of the, of the message. It didn't really talk, talk about it a whole lot, but I did refer back more than predestination. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If you have any questions or concerns about predestination, talk to Matt Boomsma. But, uh, but I did come back to the fact that, you know, Ephesians calls us to a lot of things and the fact that, um, if we were predestined, then we're predestined for those things. We've been called to those things. And so that's kind of where I landed it on that message. But interestingly enough, after the message was over, I did get a few people that came up to me afterwards and asked me my my uh, my views or what, what this, the church believed about predestination. And so I know it's a hot topic. I know it's something that people think about. And uh, was even just in a conversation this this evening about it with, uh, with somebody I was meeting with. So... Um, so yeah, so like just wanted to kind of get some guys on here that are just, you know, beyond me and AP and be able to let you guys talk it over and see what different, you know, different things we can he- learn about it and yeah, see where it goes. Indubitably. So, indubitably. Uh, so how I, do I you, guess, uh, maybe, how, yeah, how do you read those, uh, how do you interpret or read those passages in, or any others that you guys have would want to bring up? Well, I, I think first off, I just books and books and books have been written by this, right? So many people can look at the same verse and see it so differently. It's just pretty amazing. I think it's important to emphasize the things that are essential. And, you know, 
those things that aren't necessarily as significant, I think, to our our walk as far as the, I think the the importance of Jesus and having him give his life so that all of us may have eternal life. I think we can all agree that that's why Jesus came. I think then we have to kind of wrestle. I think it's kind of fun to wrestle through some of these uh, debatable issues of predestination, or once saved, always saved, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know how we're going to approach this between the two of us. I don't know. Well, well, I was actually uh, hanging out with uh, my, my mentor, Pastor Keith Lawler, who's a missionary in Cambodia this weekend, and I was talking a little bit about this with him. And um, so he was saying that uh, like predestination versus free will, all that type of stuff, can be put into two different categories, and I, I believe that's Calvinist and Aramean or something. Armenian. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think generally, yes. Oh, it's it, it's Calvinist Armen- and Ar- Arminian. Ar- Armenian. Armenian. Yeah. Okay, so right. um, I can't remember which one's which, but I, I guess that uh, at this point, what we can do is the the person that, that um, you know sees it more as Calvinist can kind of present that idea and that the train of thought, and the person that presents that um, kind of sees the uh, our, our Aramean side more can kind of explain that, just so that we kind of kind of have a uh, firmer understanding of what it is that we're talking about, and uh, you know, we're kind of all. On the same page, I can't remember which one's which at this point, but I do know the difference. So you're you're gonna make me stick on the or go on the Calvinist side of things and just totally slaughter <laughs> the, the full <laughs> doctrinal view, sure. Calvinistic view of it. <laughs> sure, why not? Go for it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and Dave Dave said it earlier. There's there's books upon books. I'm on written on this with different slighted views and, and different perspectives. And, um, I mean, I, I lean more on the Calvinist side of things, but that doesn't mean I'm right. And it doesn't mean John Calvin is right. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the way I lean. And it's, it's more of like God, God has chosen, um, people for salvation. I, I would say is like the general view of that. Now I don't, I wrestle with, is it every, has he, Anyone that he hasn't chosen, are they outside of being able to be adopted sons and daughters? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I think that's, that's, well, that's generally the, the idea of, of the, or the, I guess the Calvinistic view of predestination is God has chosen people for salvation to work his spirit into, um, and chosen for salvation. And I know it, that's tough to swallow too, because free will is very scriptural and you know, it also clearly says in scripture how salvation through Christ is available to everyone. So I, I don't fully know how it works. It's, it's kind of one of those paradoxes and it's something I, I wrestle through myself. Mm -hmm. I just, it's kind of like that, that question of God knows everything but does that mean that he's predetermined everything? And if he's predetermined everything, then where does our free will fit into that? And right, yeah, I think I look because, at yeah. the, I look at the beginning of Genesis. What was God's will? What was His perfect will? What was His uh, predetermined will for Adam and Eve? Was it that they would fall? 
and that Jesus would ultimately come to the cross, or was there, or was it that he wanted them to be fruitful and multiply? He wanted them to have authority over the garden. Uh, he wanted things to stay the way they were, the way that he had originally created them. But then there was a choice. You can't you you can't choose evil or good if there's not some choice to have to be made, right? So obviously God put a a tree with some kind of forbidden fruit, asked them not to eat of that. They could eat of anything else. Um, so choice was planted in the garden. Uh, now, whether you want to think that he predetermined them to choose uh, wrong, to choose to sin so that he might somehow, <laughs> I don't know, go through this whole process of a Messiah, um, it's a bit of a stretch for me uh, to see it that way. You know, just as um, as I look at, I mean, again, you can have both perspectives and you can find scripture for everything. But I think there's a, a principle law of first mention, uh, which you, you got to be careful about that, too. But when something is mentioned for the first time and it is emphasized and uh, I think it's something that carries weight throughout scripture. And, you know, the Garden of Eden, obviously, is, he said, when he created everything, it was good. Well, was that his plan, that it, that it be good, stay good? Or was there an opportunity for, and I think that he created people with a choice so that, um, yeah, they would love him freely, that it wouldn't be robotic. And I remember, you know, when I, uh, when I first became a Christian, I was hooked on drugs. I was alcohol, really. I I was just a mess. And I chewed te- Copenhagen. <laughs> now, when I gave my life to Jesus, the drugs, gone. The desire for drugs, the desire for alcohol, gone. But the Copenhagen, doggone it, if it didn't stay. And I was just like, well, you got to be kidding me. I mean... I mean, you delivered me from drugs and you delivered me from alcohol. I don't even have a desire for any of that. But but this Copenhagen is driving me crazy. I mean, couldn't you just kind of uh, like taking that away, too? And uh, and again, I'm just telling my own story. This is how it's played out in my life. And, uh, you know, I'd go two weeks. It'd be all good. I could I but I struggled. But that two weeks, once that two weeks was up, I could not I could not. <laughs> resist Copenhagen. I mean, it. I would go buy it. I My roommate had Copenhagen in the freezer, and I certainly would find it. And uh, I remember one day, I'd gone two weeks, and I, man, I'd been praying, God, God, help me. But man, I was, I couldn't, I was just not, able, I wasn't resisting well. And uh, I went to the freezer where my roommate had his Copenhagen, open the freezer door. And all of a sudden, man, I just went blind. I couldn't see anything. Everything just went dark in front of me. And I thought, oh my God, God struck me blind. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it, it went away and I, and I was faced with the Copenhagen that was uh, um, staring, me, staring at me. And I, I think I realized then that, you know, I I wasn't going the right direction. I, I needed to make a choice, uh, and he was he was really emphasizing the importance of making the right choice. 
And I, had, I knew that God had spoken to my heart that he wouldn't tell me what he had for me, what my next step was until I gave up that Copenhagen. But it, doesn't, it wasn't worth giving up Copenhagen. I couldn't think of anything that would, why, what was necessary to that. But anyhow, after I shut the door, I went another week, two weeks. All of a sudden, man, I was like, and I was good. I had no desire for Copenhagen. And then I was in the back seat of my Chevrolet. I had just gotten off work. I was, I was so beat tired. It was dark. And uh, I, I laid out in the back of my car and I was just, I was, man, I was just praising God, thanking him for all that he was and all that he had done for me. And, and then I said, you know, God, what, what is it, man? I've gone four weeks. I don't have a desire for it. I've gone four weeks or whatever it was. Can you give me a little insight? And all of a sudden, the Lord just really dropped into my heart. I've called you to be a pastor. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. You mean that guy that, that yells and screams up there on the stage? <laughs> you mean I gave up Copenhagen for that? <laughs> But I knew it had to be God because I never would have thought about that in my own. I would in my mind, I would have never thought of being a pastor. And years go by and I, you know, you travel around the world, you speak in so many different places. And I and I realized that. Um, that God really it was a test of my devotion to him. How much did I want him over things? And and that I had a. Had, I had a, laid before me a choice. You know, I could still take the Copenhagen. God probably still would have, you know, he still would have honored me and blessed me in some way, but I wouldn't have fulfilled my destiny because he wasn't going to reveal it until I gave that up. At least that was the impression in my heart. And so I guess on a predetermined uh, platform, you know, that it, it was determined that I'd be a pastor and it wouldn't have mattered what I did. Uh, you know, God would have somehow put me in that position. Um, but the impression in my heart was, I'm not going to reveal this to you until you give up that Copenhagen. Hmm. <laughs> so anyhow, that's my story. Yeah. And I, I think it's always interesting how, like, how choice plays into that because, I, I, I guess where I struggle is not struggle, but where I'm at with it is saying like someone's salvation is based upon that person's choice. Like it's taking away from the full sufficiency, sufficiency of Christ of what Christ did. Right. And the full sufficiency of God. If, if my salvation is based on my choice, that's saying God's not good enough to make that choice. I have to make that choice. Like I, that's kind of where I, I look at things a little bit, you know, where it's, it's God's choice to have his spirit work in you to conform your sinful will to his will. So you're saying that, so if I'm clear, you're saying that uh, God would never leave it up to us to make that choice, that he has to make that choice for us? Is that what you're saying? No, he, he chose to have the spirit 
work in your life to start conforming your will to his will. But then he identified you, mm -hmm. but not Joe Blow. I don't, I don't, don't, don't want to work in, I don't want to work in his heart. Yeah, I don't know where, where, how he chooses or, or how he works because, yeah, because it also in this in scripture, right, that it's it's available to everyone, that it's it's the gift is for all, right? Right. So, but I don't know when I. That's 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 the wrestle, of right. like Joe said earlier. He's all knowing. He knows what's going to happen, but does that mean he he predetermines? Because, got it. Yeah. So, and I know, like, with what you said, Dave, if, if God chooses me and not Joe Blow over here, that's, then, then it's the argument of, well, how can God, how can God be like that? How can he just pick somebody for salvation and another one condemned to hell? Yeah, I've read where it's explained, if I were to go to a third world country and adopt a, a child from a third world country and bring them to America, would, would I be chastised for not adopting the other thousands of kids in a third world country or would i be hey wow you you did this thing of going and sacrificing yourself to give up something so you can adopt somebody well i think that's probably gets to the the omnipresence of god versus sure. the limitation of a of a human being sure. right obviously god can you know, he can draw and woo by his spirit everybody. Right. And and say, come, come whoever, you know, come all, you know, anyone who wants to, anyone who's thirsty, let him come and drink. Yep. And I will, I will come out of you. Like there will be rivers of living water that will come out of you. I will not deny anyone. I I welcome everyone. And I, I don't see, again, I guess, you know, people look at scripture and they, and they, they read into it or see into it different, uh, you know, different things. But I just, I see that God wishes none to perish, but all to come. To me, the, the very, very statement, I, 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 I mean, he's saying I desire, I, I wish, mm -hmm. I will, I will everyone to come to me. I refuse no one. I, in fact, I God so loved the world, the cosmos, that I I died so that that all might anyone who would believe, he said, anyone who believes in me should have eternal life. Anyone. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty broad, I think. Yep. And and you know, just the whole. You know, thinking on choice, I, you know, Josh and I, my son, Joshua and I were, were just kind of wrestling back and forth. And I said, you know, hey, it's interesting. Well, I'm sorry, one, one second, Dave, you, your mic, the mic on your, um, on your thing is, rub, is rubbing against your, um, your zipper a little bit. Um, if there's a way to just keep it from rubbing against your zipper. <laughs> <laughs> How can I do it like that? Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah. I can talk a little bit like Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you can just keep the mic from rubbing on your... I can the, 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 do that. The, 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 the mic is... Uh, is, is it the... Uh, is 
like right about here on the, on the right cable. Uh, I don't. I don't have. I yeah, don't, that guy. Oh yeah, yeah that, that was rubbing against it a little bit. If if there's just a way to prohibit that. How about that? Is that? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. we can hear you. Yeah, perfect. Uh, it, or sit really still. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's gonna be hard, man. <laughs> so I, so I was talking to Joshua, and I said, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how obviously Israel was God's people; He had yep. chosen them uh, among all the people. Um, but then within within that whole dynamic of God's, and again, He's protecting them because it's through that seed. That Judah, the whole, you know, Jesus, the line, he had to protect Israel because it was through that, through that people, right? Um, but Saul was told by Samuel that the Lord says, I want you to take out the Amalekites. I want you to, all, all of them, no one left. And uh, the story, basically, Saul doesn't. He disobeys God. He, he leaves a remnant of Amalekites. And then... You know, centuries go by, uh, and all of a sudden, there's a Haman, this descendant of the Amalekites, that is going to take out Israel, right? And at first, he had asked Saul. He, in his foreknowledge, obviously understood that there was going to be a, an incredible dilemma, uh, facing the Israelites of annihilation. And then, so God says to Saul, I want you to take out the Amalekites, thus thwarting any uh, opportunity for someone like Haman to try to take out the Israelites. Saul doesn't. God has to choose somebody else. He has to choose Esther. I don't think that was his first prerogative, but he chose Esther, and Esther Maybe God raised you up for such a time as this. You got a choice. And she determined to obey God and obviously saved Israel from Haman's Haman's device. And, you know, where... So, where... Did, so did God make a mistake then with choosing Saul first? No, he, he asked Saul to do it. Just as he asked you. He may ask you to do something and you don't do it. Does that mm -hmm. mean that he doesn't want to see something accomplished? in this area that you could have done, but no, you, you said no by your actions or your lifestyle or whatever it is. And then he's got to, he's got to, you know, he's got to get somebody else. It's kind of like your quarterback for the Chicago bears. You know, I mean, how many quarterbacks have you <laughs> wow. had? Right. How many quarterbacks have you, you had over there? the years? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I feel like, was it the owner's will that it, you have to wait till this one? Here's that cage and match that Joe wanted. I feel like that. Somebody, somebody's willing something better on the football teams because I believe we're ranked higher than you. I believe <laughs> that we're predestined to be in first place at this point in the season. <laughs> I don't think so that's I, God's perfect will. Look, here's the only thing I, that I, I know about the Chicago mean, Bears that I'll throw out there. Oh, the man. last time that they won the Super Bowl was literally the year that I was born. Carry on. <laughs> You're just a young whippersnapper. Yeah. Yes. 
Good not job. to say I'm not a Bears fan, but like it is, it is an observation. Hey man, it is what it is, yeah. right? <laughs> like on then again, on the flip side, of what you said though too, Dave. Like you said, it's very clear. God chose the Israelites, His chosen people. He didn't choose the other people of the earth. Well, he, I think he, he chose he, the Israelites, and he chose he, he chose but, Pharaoh to harden his heart specifically towards the no, Israelites. No, I don't. Exodus. I don't think. I don't think God no. hardened Pharaoh's heart. The Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's that's what the English says. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like this: if if I if I put butter out on a hot day and it melts, did the sun melt the butter? Yes. Okay. If I put clay out there in a very hot day and it hardens, did the sun harden the clay? Yes. Okay. Was it the sun that actually did it or was it the makeup of the butter and the clay? The butter melted because of what it was made of. It, the clay hardened because of what it was made of. It wasn't the sun specifically that controlled the melting and the hardening. It was what was in Pharaoh's heart. It was Pharaoh's heart and how he responded to God. And yes, you can say God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but it wasn't like a predetermined thing. The fact is that he gave him chances. He gave him opportunities. And because of the hardness of his own heart, the way his heart was, he, he raised his fist to God. I've actually uh, had this discussion in in seminary before, and uh, I definitely hear where you're coming from, Dave. Because the the way that I the way that I always took it as is Pharaoh's heart became hardened because of God's actions. Now God's actions are perfect; He's God, but um, his Pharaoh decided to let his heart be hardened be hardened by that. And you know, I the way that I the reason that I've taken it that way is because of the fact that um, you know the the scripture was written. In Hebrew, and then it was translated uh, into Latin, then into German, and you know it, it was translated several different times before it made it to English. And so, I've never taken it as there's you know error in the Bible. I really don't think that there is, but you know we translated as best as we could from that original language. So I, I, I think I think it's a good translation. I think yeah. the sun melted that butter. I can say that. Yeah. But really, it was the ingredients of the butter that caused it to melt. Yeah, under the heat. And so, anyhow, I, I think related to that, um, I, I've had conversations about this one, which is really interesting, Mr. Matthew. Is um, so David is is on the run from Saul, and in in First Samuel twenty three, David knows that he's in a he's in a city named Kela. And he literally asks yeah, God, city name. yeah, and he says, Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Kela and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Kela surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And it says that the Lord said he will. And again, David asked, will the citizens of Kayla surrender me and my men to Saul? And God said, they will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Kayla and kept moving from place to place. 
when Saul was told that David had escaped from Caleb, he did not go there. So the whole point there is, is that David was asking God, if I stay here, am I going to get turned over to Saul? And God's like, yep, if you stay here, you're going to get turned over to Saul. So David left. So God kind of knows both scenarios. And it was up right. to David to determine what would it, what, where he would end up going, whether he would sure. stay or whether he would go. I mean, this is really fascinating because literally God's like, yep, if you do that, you're going to be in trouble. But if you don't do that and you leave, you'll be all right. So those well, are just goes, really uh, interesting. Yeah, it goes with I, where I've had my mind blown with by C.S. Lewis, you know, of God being so it's got a time traveler. Does he or can he look into the future and see the future? No, what it is is like you put a draw a line on a piece of paper and that's your timeline beginning to end. Where's God at? Well, God's everywhere. God's the piece of paper. He's not, right. it's not like he can look right. and see up and down this. Well, he can because he's the piece of paper. So, uh, yeah. But I mean, and they like, like the clay and the clay and the butter. You could also say that that butter melted or that clay hardened because you knew you knew the consistent. You knew what that butter was made of. You knew what that clay was made of, and you knew what would happen when you put it in the situation of putting it in the sun. God knows our makeup. God knows who we are. God sure. has us in these situations. He knows yeah. what's going to happen. He can for, he foreknows the heart of Pharaoh, but whether or not he, you know made that circumstance i think that's where the predestination comes right where it's not like he knew it so man he can he can maneuver this so that pharaoh respond he knows how pharaoh's going to respond but did he did he personally you know by predestination harden pharaoh's heart like choose him and make him hardened or choose somebody to be saved rather than not be saved, you know, or and someone else is not. I mean, that whole, I think that there's just, uh, I think there's a balance. There's a balance mm -hmm. in God's understanding of what's going to happen and how he can turn events or he can prophesy, right? He knew the Messiah would be born in uh, Bethlehem. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's just that, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, the sensitive balance it is and like i know Jay, dave sorry joe said something about cage match and all that stuff like i i don't i don't want to be that way and i dave i don't think you want to be that way and i we've had conversations about this before dave and you said you know what it, what it comes down to is i think what the the meat of the matter is is like how you view god's sovereignty and it's a little bit different perspective of god's ultimate sovereignty, his omnipresence, his, his omnipotence of God was at the beginning. He is now, he's going to be at the end and he's going to continue. And it's, he created us with freedom of choice, yet he, there's this sovereignty about him that's all knowing, all present. And I think that's the meat of the matter. People understanding and accepting that and then what he did for our salvation. You know, there's there's different perspectives that we said at the beginning. There's there's these two different perspectives and different views of looking at it. And there's numerous books have written on one side, numerous books written on the other side. I think it's really just a slight different perspective on 
the relationship of God's sovereignty and the freedom of choice that he created us with and how it plays together. I think what's really cool about what you're saying, Matt, is what I was just thinking about too, is we, uh, you know, as we listen to you guys talk, I think, you know, obviously I was egging you guys on about coming on the podcast and talking about this and all that. But the reality of the matter is what I think is really cool is that you both are, are in leadership at second place and we're able to have differing opinions on some of these topics. And yet we're still able to be in community together, leading together and not making this into a cage match. And I don't know that there, I mean, not every church would that be true, that there would be an ability to have a differing opinion on some of these, these issues that have divided people, denominations for, you know, many, many years. And I think that that's what's really, I think, a testimony to what God can do is to really help us focus on what really matters and what, what we really can base our convictions on and what we want to, you know, what hills we want to die on, if you will, and to be able to go for it. And I think that's what's really cool about the two of you. You know, you're, you're having this conversation where you're still able to lead. You got a Packer fan, you know, he's very lost and dark in his soul, but then you've got the, you've got the Bears guy, you know. And was so it God's to... will that I become a Packer fan or did I miss it, Matt? <laughs> Well, you you know my perspective. Predestined yeah. to be a Packer fan. <laughs> I, he 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 predestined me to my salvation. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> oh man! But but no. But seriously, we'll it is. Who, it, we'll see who we'll see who we'll be rooting for in heaven. <laughs> I don't, I don't think. Well, yeah. That's why the Does G it, is on the side of the helmet, dude. God's <laughs> team. Wow. How, Just how far to sacrilegious territory are we going <laughs> to yeah. go now? That's hilarious. Well, then didn't uh, Audio Adrenaline have a song that said, you know, big in my big, big house where we can play football? So I guess yeah. we're going to probably end up playing there. I don't know. So theologically, let's talk about, is there going to be football in heaven? (laughs) (laughs) What's the scriptural basis for that? And my mansion in the backyard is going to have a big field. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, let's bring bring back my my favorite segment called APS, a dumb question, but Joe just took the reins on that. So we're we're good. Yes, exactly. exactly. But hey, let's have APS a really dumb question. So, um... Dave, I, I like the point that you brought up about the, uh, you know, Pharaoh uh, having his heart hardened by God and stuff. I, sometimes when I read things, I can't help but think to myself and wonder, like, like is it, there's certain points where I'm just like, is God trying to be funny? Like, like the part of like, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Was he was he just like looking at it and he's like, I know that this, this guy's never going to change. I'm going to go for broke. Hey, guys, come watch this. This is going to be funny. Like. Do you think that God tries to play jokes sometimes? I guess that's my question. Well, I don't, I don't know if they're they're mean jokes. I don't think God would do mean jokes, but um, I, I just see Jesus walking on the beach and running up and tackling Peter and knocking him down and wrestling, you know, and uh, him just laughing and joking. Yeah, I don't see Jesus as austere or you know, you know. Some it's you know funny reading through 
um, in a pit with a lion for mentoring. I just kind of write about the, the author's perspective of Jesus walking on water in the middle of the night out to the boat, right? And just, you think he's got to have a little chuckle in there when you got all these fishermen screaming like little girls because they see a ghost <laughs> on the water. Right. Yeah. I, I've always, um, I, I know I've said this to Joe before, I've always found the interaction between uh, Jesus and the woman that was brought in front of him for, for adultery in the crowd. You know, the crowd eventually dissipates. No one can throw the first stone. And then Jesus is talking. He's like, hey, you're forgiven. Just, you know... Stop cheating on your husband. That'd be great. You know? Hey. That's <laughs> right. Joe, lost, you're talking, lost, but we don't hear you. Yeah. I was like, is that the original in the original Greek? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <Maybe>. yeah, right. <laughs> hey. 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 Really, Jesus was Italian. No, just kidding. He was definitely mm. an Israelite. <laughs> Yes. Cool. Well, I think uh just wanted to say thanks to you guys for doing this and giving the listeners something to think about, pray about, and just, you know, going a little deeper on this than what we normally would on a Sunday. Um, so I think it's really been good. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming yeah. on. This is really good. It wasn't the, it wasn't the yes. grudge match. Which is good. I, I, I th- honestly, no, I, don't uh, think, is, I don't think I don't think Dave and I plan on splitting the church and leaving Joe high and dry here. No, that's, <laughs> that's good. Thank you. I don't think, I don't think we, either of us had yeah. that intent. As, as somebody you know observing the conversation, though, I, I I think the thing that I see is there are these two you know major schools of thought on it. But frankly, I think that you guys are more aligned than you are divided uh, on it. You know, I, I, if you have a Venn diagram, I think that the circles are, are very close to converging than, than they are having a very small split between the two, you know? Well, I, th- well, I think the two thoughts themselves are, are closer than some people make them out to be. Yeah. Like it, it, I don't, I don't think it necessarily needs to be a, a divisive thing. So yeah, there's going to be things the church needs to uh, die on a hill for. You know, our church, someone else's church, whatever. But, you know, some of these things, I think, like Joe said, you can have some healthy conversations about it and, you know, slightly different views and opinions and still be united. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Oh, Joe's muted again. <laughs> no, I, I think it, I totally agree. I think that's the thing, man. It's the the beauty of being one, which is what we've been talking about for the past several weeks. So um, this is an example of how we can be, you know, we've been saying, you, you know, unity doesn't mean uniformity and that how can we differ on certain topics and still walk along the road together. And I think this is an example of uh, seeing that in action. So appreciate you guys. Yep. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, wait. Before we go out, we have to go out on something. So oh, right. Just, just like, like just like we do. Fights at church. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like it needs to be maybe football in heaven. Maybe <laughs> is what we go out on. Yes. <laughs> that is good. Because <laughs> you don't know. We don't know. 
Dave's gonna have a football field, but there might not be any footballs. Oh, oh get that D- out Dave's of here. got Buddy. a uh, Dave's got a Packers mug for all those Packers fans it's, out there. I think it's, it's, it's a interesting it's looking saying, mug. I've never saying. seen something like that. See, G, G. <laughs> <laughs> no graven images, Dave. No graven <laughs> images. All right. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, it looks, <laughs> it looks like a good mug for spitting chewing tobacco into. <laughs> Little Kodiak. Oh my gosh. So, all right. So, you, we got to put your hand in the middle, and then on the kind of three, we're going to say football in heaven. But we whisper it. So, if you're out there and you're uh, you're playing football, stop stop this play and put your hand in the middle, and then uh, on the count of three, we'll say. Football in heaven. Ready? One, two, three.